You're listening to the Not So Black and White Real Estate Podcast with your hosts, Sir Colin Campbell and Gary A. McGowan. Good day, good day, good day. It's your host, Sir Colin Campbell, here with Gary A. McGowan, and you're tuned into the Not So Black and White Real Estate Podcast. We're on site right now at Keller Williams Family Reunion, one of the largest real estate events. And we have the man, the myth, the legend, <laughs> Adam himself. Adam, tell us why you're here, because in the Keller Williams world, you're a big deal. You might not think so for yourself, <laughs> but we all think you're a big deal. So who's Adam? Oh, man, that's a loaded question, right? <laughs> yeah. um, you know, I always want to answer that from a spiritual perspective. I'm the one who gets to witness and experience life. But from the actual roles that I play in life, you know, I started out in real estate in 2006. Um, you know, it's kind of an important conversation because we're coming back into that market now, yes, right? Yes. And, you know, it's really interesting. I'll tell you this funny story. Um, when I got into real estate, and as actually, I got my license in 2005 and 2006, like a couple months before um, it, 2005 ended, and, and I started in March of 2006. And people thought it was crazy, right? They're like, how are you getting and leaving a job to go into real estate where everything is people are failing, banks are going out of business. My parents thought I was crazy. And I'm just like, at that point, I actually got more fired up to come into real estate because I just wanted to prove to everybody else that like, if you surround yourself by other people and always be willing to take lessons and learn from things and, and honestly do the job and work, then anything is possible. And so, you know, in the first 30 days that I entered into real estate and people, it's funny because even my own team now from where we are uh, forgets that I actually sold real estate, right? <laughs> like they actually did this. So, and we'll, we'll walk through this trajectory because I think it's kind of a fun path. You know, I, 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 the first 30 days, we didn't have an office. I joined um, uh, Remax and they didn't have an office for me. So I worked out of a 400 square foot apartment mm. with my uh, time with a girlfriend, now my wife. And I was so loud lead generating that she would like shut the door and put me basically into a closet. And that's what I did. Nice. And I, I had no idea what I was doing. I borrowed $8,000 to kind of just get myself going. I actually ended up going to Howard Britton the, like the first week that I got licensed. I went, I remember the first hour that I was there and everyone was talking and giving me ideas. I was like, I can go home now. Anyways, I went home like two days later. I uh, just started hitting the phones. And I literally, I, I would, I, I tell people like I worked seven days a week eight to nine hour days. And my goal at the time was I just need to get an appointment a day. Yeah. Did I, and did I hit, I know that sounds so easy now, but like back then that's what I woke up and did. I just said, I just need to get an appointment a day. And there was never this time blocking because the entire time, all I did was lead generate. Like I always, I joke with my agents. They're like, okay, I did three hours. And I'm like, like get back well, to work. Yeah. I'm like, well, did you get your goal? And they go, well, what do you mean? I go, did you hit it? And they go, no, I go, this isn't, time blocking isn't a checkbox to make you feel better. Right? No, like no, it's yeah. not like sweeping your floor and you can check the box that you're ready to go through. And so the attitude that we just took was like, I'm going to go and I'm just going to get an appointment today. I, I would literally, uh, we have pictures of this that we sometimes bring in Olivian, but like of me delivering uh, cookies to for sale by owners to get in the door. Like I did, did anything that I could to get an appointment. And so the first 30 days, me being licensed, I actually put three homes under contract within that first 30 days. And I showed up to my first office meeting. And it was the first time I'd been in the office since then. And people came up to me and they said, uh, what'd you do? And I was like, well, what, do, what do you mean? They're like, well, what'd you do? I actually thought I did something wrong. <laughs> and, and, they, and they were like, no, no, like how did you put 30, you know, three homes under contract in less than 30 days? Like that's unheard of. And I go, 
it is? And they're like, yeah. And I go, let me ask you another question. Well, what'd you do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you come to find out when I end up getting an office in there, people don't actually treat this as a job, right? They, they don't show up. They don't do this. And I think right now, if you want to be in real estate, this, this is a wonderful profession. I love everything about this. And there's endless opportunities for you. But you still have to show up and do the work, right? So that fast forward, I ended up, you know, uh, I live in Vermont and there's more cows than there are humans. Uh, and so at some point when, when I, I became the number one agent in a couple years, number one team. And at the time, remember, I was doing, I was carrying a hundred. And this is where people build these big teams. And uh, it's kind of funny because I was doing 140 transactions myself with one assistant. Dude, wow. And, and so like this was, it was Hallie and I who, you know, we wrote the book Founder Force Multiplier on this. What like, an amazing book, by the way. Read oh. that book. I think it was, when were we in Dallas? That is 2019, most likely. Yeah. So that's yeah. when I read that yeah. book. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Awesome. So well, thank you. Yeah. Beautiful book. Um, yeah, no, well done there. Yeah, thanks. And you know, it was, and so we had this model. And so then I kind of hit this, this point. I actually got really bored after a couple of years, probably like a lot of us. And so I started actually um, trying to determine how many minutes I could spend with a client and get their house sold. And literally, this is, this is actually, because it's got a funny story. So you story became transactional. Well, I, I became like, so then I created this listing video of me doing a listing presentation. I had clients come into the office because I'm inherently very lazy. And so everyone kind of came in here and we had this whole system built out for this whole thing. And Gary caught wind of it. And I just started in Keller Williams. I just opened up a brokerage and I went on the main stage and I kind of shared this whole thing. And people are like, that's not true. Like that you can't do that. And so then I said, well, hold on. I had like 30 people fly up from Gary's top 100 <laughs> yeah, time yeah. and they all sat in a conference room watching me do this entire listing presentation. You know, they watched a video of me. I came in there and, and within 15 to 28 minutes, basically I would have the contract signed and I had upfront fees. I had a 7% listing and a back end fee as well. And it just, this was, this was part of our plan for a couple of years. And then of course, as most people do, I got bored of that. And so then I just said, Hey, in 2011, um, a small group of us said, you know, we were with Gary and he said, you need to expand your business. It actually wasn't even called expansion then. Mm. We called it duplication. Okay. And so the first thing that we did is I couldn't, I didn't have the opportunity like other people did to go and expand in their state because right. we didn't have any other people to sell to. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you were so, the number yeah, one. <laughs> yeah. So we, uh, I ended up um, going two states over and starting a team uh, in Maine. And, you know, we took a $6 million producer and made them a $60 million producer in a couple of years. And we used the same model and systems that we are, and we call it duplication. And then of course, you know, over the next couple of years, we went through a lot of trials and errors. I spent millions of dollars, lost millions of dollars, all money that we were making, investing back in there, you know, for probably four or five years, trying to once, I always tell people like, if you want to expand one or two locations in your, in your area, you probably don't need to change much. But the minute you get past three or four, all of a sudden everything else changes. It's, it's, you know, if you've ever been like, you ever like run and like you're holding like a certain running pace and you're like, this is really easy. But then somehow you just go one step, Let me step it up, <laughs> one step further and you go a little faster and it's that much harder. Yeah, yeah. That's how it felt like kind of expanding. It was just like everything became so much harder. The people needed to be more refined. People needed to be different. You know, you have different systems, all those different things. So anyways, we ended up expanding in there, worked through all those things. And then, you know, 13 years later, here we are, um, you know, and we've got, uh, you know, we were in 38 states. I, you know, I think we did, you know, 45 or 48 million in GCI last year, um, you know, for, for what those are. And, and, and we're growing every day, right? And, uh, but a lot of lessons learned and uh, it's been a wonder, wild, wild journey. But I think what I want people to take away from that is if I can do this, anybody can. I'm not smarter than anybody. I certainly, I don't, um, 
I, I, I don't have any notion or preconceived like people in real estate that helped me. So it's, I started off in the worst economic market that was there. So if you're listening to this and you're new, like this is your opportunity too. Yeah. If you just show up, I always call like you, this is the year of your inner pro and everybody's inner pro looks a little bit different. Everyone's going to show up a little bit differently, but in the year of excellence, your inner pro has to show up. So what's the best way you're going to do it? And as we've been hearing from Gary and everybody else all day, it's like, it's a J-O-B and work. I mean, how many times did he say that? Because I think people have this idea that coming into real estate is easy. Like mm -hmm. somehow like just deals are going to fall in my, my lap. There's plenty of business for you to get your, I always call it like your fair share of your work that you do, but it's going to require a disciplined approach to it. Interesting. There's, there's a lot there we can Start unpack. Like, no, I love it. I love it. And, and I said yesterday to someone, I just wish they were passionate about their business and, and, and other people's business. But here's what I want to know at is, you know, you, you've, you've said it yourself, you know, tremendous amount of opportunity, tremendous amount of learning at, through mistakes and everything like that. Uh, over the last 10 years, if you go back and say to your, your, yourself 10 years ago, uh, here's a business lesson or here's a life lesson that it'll it'll change the way you do business. What Tell us, what would that be? Is there something specific or is it a, a, a broad approach? Yeah. My answer will, will probably be a little bit differently. For me, um, I, uh, I made business an inner journey for me. Um, I, you know, 30 second kind of background on this. When I was um, in my early 20s, I was very egotistical. I was very much about Adam. I was very much about, I needed to be making sure everyone knew who I was. You know, that kind of that similar story that some people kind of hear. But for me, I also had this goal that like, hey, if I made $500,000 in income, I was going to somehow be this magical God. Like, you know, I was going to be in a perpetual state of bliss and joy, and it was going to be amazing, right? And so I just set out and did that, right? And so in, in, in my early 20s, or I'm sorry, my late 20s, like 27 or 28, I actually hit that number. And all of a sudden I was at, I remember this, I remember this vividly. I was at dinner with my mom, who's the most unassuming individual. She could care less about money at all. And I said, Hey mom, you know what? I just made like, you know, this amount of money last year. And she was like, great, pass the ketchup. And in that moment. <laughs> oh, we it, love our moms. Yeah, we do. But in that moment I realized that people actually don't care. Yeah. No. They really yeah. don't, no. like they really don't care. And so I'm like, okay, then this doesn't work. It's not that it's wrong. It's not that I want to stop being, you know, in business. It's not like I want to go sit in a cave and, you know, with a fire, you know, Indian style, like reciting haikus. Like that's not what I want to do either. So I want to build this. And so I had this kind of phrase that business is a conduit for my personal growth or spiritual growth. And so from that point on, I made my life about this inner journey, about using every opportunity that business presents to let go of the part of me that's not okay with what's happening. And I always reference this as like the 200% life, right? There's 100% outer world. Those are goals, those are material things, the nouns, people, places, and things, their relationships, their kids, their experiences, how you spend your money. Those are all wonderful things. The roles we play as a CEO, as an agent, as a leader, some days, some days you're not leading, some days you're a janitor, right? It's all these different roles that we play, but none of them are really you. They're just things that you're doing while you're here. And so the 200% life concept for me was about understanding that I could go out and play in this world and build a big business and really enjoy it by letting go of the outcome, but being really laser focused on my goals, but letting go of the personal gain from any of these goals. So therefore I was never attached to it, which actually makes you a very fierce competitor because you're no longer needing to get anything from anybody. But when it comes, it, again, you enjoy those experiences. The other 100% of this is really this inner life, right? And I always look at it as three different things. You have a voice in there, right? And if people don't know, like 
There's a voice that talks to you in there, right? Everyone hears it. Mm -hmm. In fact, even when you're listening to this podcast right now, how many are you actually listening to us talk or are you listening to the mind narrate the conversation on what you like or don't like about what we're being said right now? So like there's that voice that's in there. Then of course you have emotions, which everyone feels. And you know what the cool thing about emotions are? If you just pause for a second and recognize that you are incredibly talented at dis at distinguishing the slightest difference between emotion, like the energy that you feel, because you go, hold on, hold on, I'm frustrated. And then you go, wait, you know, I'm, not, I'm no longer frustrated, I'm actually irritated. <laughs> hold on, I'm, you know what, I'm not even irritated anymore, I'm a, I'm a little upset now, right? And, mm -hmm. you know, like, and it's just a subtle difference in energy, so you're in there actually being able to do this. And so then, of course, you have your spiritual heart, which is a longer conversation. But when I actually took the thing that I would, that, that made, to me, made it very, um, uh, a success in my life, not just financially, but for the things that we're doing was actually treating the world as 200%. So that I woke up every day just asking one simple question, which was, how do I want to feel today? Mm -hmm. How do I want to? Because really what people are after is this inner experience. Most people are trying to manipulate or rearrange the outside world in a way to make sure that their thoughts and emotions are okay with the outside world. Well, if you want to play checkmate with life, you just kind of wake up and go, I'm going to be okay with everything but yet I'm still going to make decisions. I'm still going to play with things. I'm still going to build this stuff, but I'm really okay with things. It's playing checkmate with it. So the advice kind of, if I look at, look back at that, getting clear as an individual, as a human being allows you to make better quality decisions. And as a leader, what your work product is, is decision-making, mm -hmm. right? If you understand businesses that are wildly successful versus businesses that are marginally successful is the decision-making process by the leaders every single day. So I always work backwards and then say, well, how do you put yourself in a position so that you are the clearest you can be every single day to make the highest quality decisions that you can so that it furthers your organization? If you make a 10% better decision every single day, think about where that business is going to be in five years. That's the main difference. That's why when you look at businesses, it's not really one decision that does it, but it's every decision that is made is what really facilitates the economic and spiritual personal growth of the experience of building a business. I, that the last couple of minutes there is, is bang on. That's I gold. love it. And I know we could talk for another couple hours. We could. <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> yeah. And one day we'll have to, yeah. but uh, I, I, I've been following you for such a long time. I always appreciate your candidness and, and uh, your, your humbleness. <laughs> there you go. Maybe you weren't like that early 20s, yeah. but your humbleness yeah. now. So. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, quickly, how do people get a hold of you? Sure, yeah. You can go to adamhergenrother.com, and that's going to link you up to our podcast, to Libyan, uh, to our founder and force multiplier, to any of the things that we're doing. Um, we give a tremendous amount of stuff for free. So go to adamhergenrother.com and, and check us out. Well, there you go, my friends. That is our interview with Adam Hergenrother. Uh, such a pleasure. He's Sir Colin Campbell. I'm Gary McGowan, and we'll see everybody in the next episode. Goodbye for now. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Make sure to click the subscribe button so new episodes will automatically be downloaded to your device. Please help us reach more people by leaving a rating and a review on your podcast player of choice. Now go make it an amazing day for somebody.